By now, you're used to turning your Bibles to the book of Genesis, and you may have already done that. But today, I want you actually to turn to the book of Psalms and find Psalm 92. We're going to take a break from our series, God Meant It For Good, The Life of Joseph. We've been studying that for the past six weeks. And you'll find that as we do longer series and book studies, we will throw in breaks from time to time. We're at a good spot because last week we find that uh, Joseph interpreted the dreams of the chief baker and butler, and then they forgot about it. So in two more years, he would languish in the prison, and we're going to leave him there in Genesis for two more months, and we'll come back to him in January, because we're going to uh, look at several things in the coming weeks. We've got a special message for Thanksgiving, we've got a special series for Christmas, and so you can go back and get caught up even in our series on Joseph. I'm looking forward to tackling that again in January. But this morning, if you'll find Psalm 92, please. Psalm 92, and we're going to read through this psalm and see what God has for us here. Thanks for bringing your Bible. If you don't have one, there should be one in the pew right near you. Grab it and open it towards the middle. Find Psalm 92, so you can follow along as we've studied today. Psalm 92, and we'll begin reading at verse number 1. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery upon the harp of the solemn sound for thou Lord hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not. Neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is that they shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thine enemies, O Lord, for lo, thine enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eye also shall see my desire of mine enemies, and mine ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. We know God will bless the reading of his word. Let's pray and ask his help as we study together today. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for each family that's here, each person. Father, thank you for all those who've gathered. We've sang your praises. We've prayed. We've worshipped you in song. We've heard your Glories exclaim, Lord, in various ways thus far. We've read your word. And now, Father, I pray that you'll help us as we expound it. I pray that you'll, Lord, use me in a special way today. Speak to hearts. Work in the needs that are present. I pray if anybody's lost today that the Holy Spirit will grip their heart in conviction. And they'll come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for believers today who are perhaps struggling I pray for encouragement for their hearts. I pray that you'll challenge all of us to be more like Christ and to grow more like him. God, direct and bless. We pray these things in the Savior's name. Amen and amen. Someone once went and visited some of the old churches and 
and cemeteries connect to those churches in Britain. And as we do, when we visit a cemetery, they begin to go along and uh, read what was written on the gravestones. And here's a few of the things they found written on those uh, gravestones over in Britain. The first one said, sacred to the memory of Jarrett Bates, who died August the 6th, 1800. His widow, aged 24, lives at 7 Elm Street, has every qualification for a good wife and yearns to be comforted. One had a dialogue between a husband and wife, and the wife's portion read like this. Grieve not for me, my husband, dear. I am not dead, but sleeping here. With patience, wait, prepare to die. And in a short time, you'll come to I. Well, then you look at the husband's portion and it read like this. I am not grieved, my dearest wife. Sleep on, I've got another wife. (laughs) Therefore, I cannot come to thee, for I must go and live with she. These are what they tell me on actual graves. One more. Finally, here lies my wife, Samantha Proctor. She catched a cold and wouldn't doctor. She couldn't stay. She had to go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. (laughs) I'm not sure how to interpret that one or exactly what was meant in that. But have you ever thought about what you'd like written on your gravestone? What your headstone would say? I have. What do you think about this? Here lies James Rodney Clements. He was fat, flourishing, and fruitful. Do you like that? If you want to borrow that, you can. If you beat me to it, you can. But I hope by the end of today's message, you'd understand a little better why that would make a good epitaph. Fat, fruitful, and flourishing. Did you know that every believer, every Christian should be fat? Did you know that? Now, some of you are already thinking, finally a message I can use. Preach on, preacher. But I want to ask you a question today as we study God's word. And it's this question. Are you fat? And I want to talk to you today about being fat, flourishing and fruitful. And I want to talk about being fat first. And perhaps you didn't catch it as we read it. But I want you to look back at verse 14 of our passage. The Bible says they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Your translation might say they shall be fresh and flourishing. The idea of being fat. This is not the only place in the Bible where it's mentioned and talked about being fat or being made fat. Jot down these references and you can look them up later. I'll read them for you today. Proverbs eleven twenty five: The liberal soul shall be made fat and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. Proverbs 13, 4, the soul of the sluggard desireth and have nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Proverbs 15, 30, the light of the eyes rejoiceth the heart and a good report maketh the bones fat. And Proverbs 18 or Proverbs 28, 25, rather, he that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Now, you know, of course, beloved, we're not talking about physical weight here. We're not talking about how many numbers show up when you step on the scale. We're talking about being spiritually fat. We're talking about how healthy a person is, spiritually speaking. We can somewhat understand the analogy, can't we? You know, physical weight helps to determine the overall weight or overall health of of a person. When you take your baby to the pediatrician, what do they do? 
Well, they take your child from your arms and they place them on a scale and they weigh your child. Then they'll come and they'll even maybe even give you a graph and they'll show you how your child lines up and how your your child uh, 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 compares to all the other children in our country. And they'll give you their percentage. I remember especially, you know, I made all of Gideon's uh, early doctor appointments during those first checkups. Uh, they would take him and they would weigh him and how pleased they would be that he had gained some weight. Now, he's gained two pounds. You know, that that's wonderful. When's the last time your doctor said that to you? <laughs> Mine has never said that to me. Rodney, you're 10 pounds heavier than the last time. That's wonderful. That's great. But in all seriousness, as an older person begins to age and get along in years, what often happens? Yeah, they, they begin to get sick and they begin to lose weight. Their weight begins to drop away. And it shows that they're not as healthy as they once were. And it may be that the doctor would want them to gain some weight. I talked with a lady just this past week, talked about her doctor wanting her to gain some weight because she was losing so much. She was so thin. But the problem is often an older person has a hard time gaining that weight. So we understand this from a physical standpoint. Now, look again at our passage beginning at verse 12. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. I want you to notice this is talking about the righteous. Those who know God, those who are known by God. And it's speaking of them. It says there in verse 14, they shall bring forth fruit in old age. When they're old, when they're advanced in years, when they're matured, when they're gray headed, they shall be fat, they shall be fruitful and they shall be flourishing. The idea here is instead of wasting away like they may be doing physically, spiritually, the older saint will be fat and flourishing and fruitful. They'll be getting stronger and stronger. They'll be prospering. They'll be fresh spiritually. They'll be more like Christ. They'll be producing fruit for Christ. I'll be honest, beloved, if the Lord grants me long physical life, one of my prayers is that I'll be saved. I will be saved from becoming a bitter, mean, cynical, older Christian. You know the type of people I'm talking about. The older person in the church that little children are scared of. Even the adults are scared of them. Because instead of being fat and flourishing and fruitful, instead of being more like Christ, they sometimes will grow bitter and, and mean and just downright, just downright bitter. God wants us as believers to be healthy spiritually, regardless of our physical condition, regardless of what's going on in our physical bodies. He wants us healthy spiritually. A person can be bedridden and still be spiritually healthy. Now, it talks about the older believer here in old age, if that be so for those who are older, how much more so is it true for we who are younger? None of us are excused. All of us should be healthy. All of us should be fat when it comes to our spiritual life. Ian Paisley said that someone has said that holiness is health, but he says it is more than health. It is the best of health. Now, I want to ask you today, and I want you to be real honest with yourself. How about your spiritual life? Are you fat? Are you healthy? And while you consider that question and think about it, let's move on and see how we're to be flourishing. 
Notice it says again, they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, what is it to flourish? What does that mean? The Hebrew word here has the meaning of being green or new or prosperous. It means to blossom. Look back at verse 12. It says the righteous shall flourish, shall blossom, shall be green like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. It mentions two trees. They're the palm tree and the cedar of Lebanon. John Phillips mentions the palm is fruitful while the cedar is fragrant. And that's what God wants our lives to be fruitful and fragrant. He writes further. The palm has a taproot. It stands straight and tall and its roots go down through the barren soil to be watered in the depths. It is an evergreen noted for its variety of fruit. He sees the righteous flourish like the palm as they enter old age. One traveler in the east reports seeing palms standing 90 feet tall and bearing fruit after 200 years. That's the palm tree. But in contrast to the palm tree, the cedar flourishes in the snows and storms, of the mountains and spreads its roots out, entwining them around the rocks. It, too, is an evergreen, glorious in its foliage. Its wood is incorruptible, it's fragrant and it's richly grained. And he said, the psalmist says, how happy are the Lord's people to be like that as they approach old age. And I say, amen. Oh, to be like that in every age, to be fruitful, to be fragrant, to be an evergreen, to be flourishing, to be fresh, to be prospering, spiritually speaking, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Another writer said to flourish means to be at the peak and in the pink of condition. It means thriving, prospering and enjoying. Think about those three words for a moment. Thriving, prospering and enjoying. Do those words describe your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ right now? Think about that. Be honest. Thriving, prospering, and enjoying. I find so many, instead of thriving, it's barely surviving. Instead of prospering, it's pitiful. And instead of enjoying, it's enduring. Brethren, these things ought not to be. The chief end of man is to glorify God in what? And to enjoy him forever. Let me ask you, do you enjoy the things of God? Do you enjoy the presence of God? Or have you drawn cold in your fellowship with him? Are you thriving in your spiritual life? Is it green? Is it flourishing? Is it fresh? Are you enjoying it? Or are you simply enduring it? I realize that some, if they're honest today, would say, preacher, I don't even have spiritual life. Truth be known, I'm dead in my sins. I'm destined for hell, preacher. Well, friend, I've got great news for you today. Christ made a way to heaven. Better still, he is the way to heaven. I am the way, the truth and the life. And if you'll come today repenting of your sins and placing your faith in him, you can have spiritual life, eternal life, life and life more abundant. That's your need today. Dear friend, don't put it off. Don't tarry. Don't say, well, you know what? Later in life. No, now is the time of salvation. Others, if they're honest today, say, you know, preacher, 
I know him. I have spiritual life. But those words don't describe my spiritual walk. I wouldn't say and, and, and say here in church that it was thriving and, and prospering and I'm enjoying it. In fact, the truth be known, I haven't spent much time with him lately. I haven't spent time allowing him to speak to me through his word. I haven't been speaking to him in prayer. I haven't been enjoying the things of God and the people of God and the presence of God like I once have. In fact, I, it's been very difficult even to, to make it out to church on Sunday morning. And, and we didn't make it today, but it wasn't. Really a real strong desire, but I'm here. Well, friend, I want you to understand something. God desires better for you. He desires you to be fat. He desires you to be flourishing. And we also understand from this passage, he desires for you to be fruitful. Look again at what it says. Verse 14, they shall still bring forth fruit. In other words, they've been bringing forth fruit, but they shall still be bringing forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Now, let me ask you, Christian, are you seeing any fruit produced in your life? You say, well, preacher, I'm too old. Wait a minute. What does it say? They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. If you're still here and the Lord is not taking you home to heaven, he desires for you to be fat, flourishing and fruitful. Now is not the time to check out spiritually. It's the time to check in and be fruitful for him. I think Sarah pictures this in the Old Testament. You remember Sarah, of the Old Testament. Hebrews 11, 11 and 12 says this. Through faith also, Sarah helped herself receive strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in the multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. In older age, her womb was fruitful. And we, in older age, we should be seeing fruit in our lives. But to be honest with you, how can we? How can we be spiritually fat and fruitful and flourishing in old age? Well, look down what it says in verse 13. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. McDonald said, in other words. They live in daily fellowship with the Lord, drawing their strength and sustenance from him. You see, here's the answer, beloved. How can we be fat and fruitful and flourishing spiritually? We have to draw our strength and sustenance from him. He is the source. He produces the fruit in us. We must stay close to him every day, no matter our age, no matter our maturity level. We always need him and always will. We've got to spend time in his word. We've got to spend time in prayer. We've got to spend time developing our fellowship with him, staying close to him. No matter what our age, we need him all the time. The hymn writer was right when they wrote, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. But in reality, we actually need him every second. Every second of our lives. I want to ask you, beloved, how is your fellowship with the Lord right now? 
Don't answer out loud, but in your own heart, right there where you're sitting, consider these questions. Are you spending time in prayer? Are you spending time in God's word? Are you faithful to God's house or can any little thing pull you out? You're you're just so distracted that really church and Sunday school doesn't play its proper place in your life. Are you faithful to church? Are you witnessing to others? Are you talking about the Lord? Are you pointing people to Jesus Christ? Are you sharing your testimony? Are you sharing your faith with others? You see, it really all comes back to the basics. We like to make things so complicated. We like to have charts and graphs and all kinds of things when it comes back to the basics, allowing God to speak to us through his word, speaking to God in prayer and speaking to others for God through witnessing. It's also very basic. The Lord wants us fat. He wants us flourishing and he wants us fruitful in every season of our lives. But here's the question. Why? Why? Why not just kind of take a break? <laughs> Why not kind of say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go this far. When I reach this age, I'm just going to kick back. I'm just going to relax. I'll make it to church and, you know, I'll still do a few things, but don't look for too much involvement. Don't look for me to make a difference. Don't don't look for me to really be impacting my world for Jesus Christ. Why? Why does God want us to be fat, fruitful and flourishing? Well, of course, because he loves us. I mean, that's a given. Jesus came to give us life and and that more abundant. He wants us to have abundant life. But really, I want you to go back and see from the passage. Why? Look at verse 14 again. It says they shall still bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing. Watch verse 15 now to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Why does God want us fat, fruitful and flourishing in our spiritual lives? Why, preacher? To bring him honor and to bring him glory. That's why. I want you to catch this if nothing else today. It's all about him. It's all about him. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. It's all about Him. And as we are prospering spiritually, as we're growing more like Christ, as we're flourishing, as we're green, even in old age, as others look at our lives, we're showing that our God is upright. Our God is righteous. There's no unrighteousness in Him. We bring Him honor and glory as we allow Him to produce fruit in our lives. Now, as silly as it sounds... As silly as it sounds, if we could reach the end of our earthly pilgrimage and they lay us to rest across the street and they bring our headstone and they place it down, if it honestly could have written on it that we were fat, flourishing and fruitful, we could rejoice in knowing that our lives glorified God. And I ask you again today, friend. Are you fat, spiritually speaking? Spiritually speaking, how healthy are you? How would you answer that question? How would you answer that question? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We 
spent just a short time this morning talking about really this 14th verse in particular. Let me ask you, friend, first of all, do you have spiritual life? Do you know there's a time in your life where you met the Lord Jesus as Savior, repented of your sin, placed your faith in him, and you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know that today? If not, friend, realize the scripture says that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. But here's the good news. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you'll come today in repentance and faith and rest upon the Lord Jesus and say, Jesus, I don't want my sin. I want you. He will save you. He'll give you eternal life, a heavenly home and a relationship with him that will last all throughout eternity. And I wonder today, friend, are you here? You say, preacher, that's me. That's my need. I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to know him. Is that you, friend? In a moment, when we stand and sing, I want you to come and someone will take a Bible and sit down and show you from God's word. If you know beyond the shadow of a doubt, your sin is forgiven. Christ is your Savior and heaven is your home. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to come. Now, believer, today I've kind of aimed most things at us. How about it? How spiritually healthy are you? Are you thriving? Are you prospering? Are you enjoying your spiritual life? Are you fat, flourishing, and fruitful in the things of God? Could it be today some things have kind of taken your focus off of Jesus Christ? Maybe there's some sin that's entered into your life. Today you need to confess and forsake that. Maybe you say, my priorities have gotten a little bit awry, preacher. Today you need to come and talk to the Lord about that and get those things settled. Maybe you say, I haven't been in the word. I haven't been praying. I haven't been witnessing. Would you talk to God about that? Say, Lord, forgive me for that and give me strength to talk to you and listen to you and to speak for you. In a moment when we stand and sing, I want you to come and pray today and give those things to the Lord. And leave here saying, it is good. It is good to have been in God's house. It is good to be a Christian. Thank God I can flourish Rejoice and enjoy my life as I praise him and live for him every single day. Father, bless in the invitation now. Take charge. If there's one lost, I pray today they'll come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. For believers, Lord, help us to be honest as the Holy Spirit puts his finger on areas in our lives. That we would come. We would get those things right. Those things settled. And go out rejoicing in your goodness, living for you. Bless now in the Savior's name we pray. Amen and amen.